The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Jesus, Satan hates what we're about to do. Protect us and keep our minds clear that that we might hear your word and see the glory of your saving name. In your most glorious name we pray. Amen. Please stand out of respect for the words and works of Jesus. The Holy Gospel for this Sunday is from Mark chapter 5 as we continue on that boat ride. And we see the next supernatural thing that Jesus is going to do for us. Mark records, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot. But he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied. For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons, sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So, I'm not sure what the scariest part of that boat ride was. The middle of it or the end? Because last week, right, we saw how scary the middle of the boat ride was. I mean, a furious squall came up. The disciples, 
They thought they were going to die because the waves were coming over the side of the boat and the boat was getting swamped. And so they went over to this sleeping Jesus and they woke him up and said, don't you care? We're about to die. And Jesus stands up and we saw this picture in our minds of Jesus standing up and his hair's behind him like a cape. And he says into the mouth of the storm, be muzzled. And the storm, like an obedient dog, sits down. In that drama that, that Mark shared with us last week and that, that Pastor Dave brought to us so powerfully must have been absolutely scary. But was that the scariest thing about the boat ride or what was lurking at the very end of the boat ride? Because when they pulled up on shore, they heard the ragged breath of a man who had been running as fast as he could and he was possessed by a demon. Now, I can remember my first tangle with a demon-possessed person. It was actually over email. Her name was Penny. But she didn't go by her name, not in the email. She went by the name Creature. And this is what she wrote to me. She said, this creature has hated the word hope almost forever. Hope has been the world's favorite implement of torture. Hope has been dashed forever, leaving shards of this creature's smashed human heart scattered through the decades of this creature's existence of being in the world. And that's all that the creature wrote. That's it. And, and it was an email that was enough to make the hair on the back of your head stand up and for me to get on my knees and say, Dear Jesus... Be with me now as I write back to the creature. Now, this is an encounter that I had with a demon-possessed person over email. But this, what we're talking about in Mark chapter 5, is Jesus getting out of the boat and having an encounter with legion. Now, we have to understand something about Legion. Legion was no ordinary demon possession. You know that, right? I mean, normally, a demon-possessed person is only self-abusive. That's what we see in the Scriptures. That's what we see from demon, demonic activity. They do not hurt other people, not normally. Instead, they throw the demon-possessed person into fires. They maybe have them cause seizures. They maybe smear feces all over their face. They only afflict the person whom they are possessing. But this was not the case with Legion. Not even close. Legion abused anyone who got in his path. I mean, Matthew tells us, if you read this account from Matthew, Matthew tells us that nobody dared to go to this part of the Sea of Galilee because they knew that Legion was there. And that when Legion would come upon anyone, 
he would pummel them into a pulp and leave them bleeding there. In fact, the local populace, what Mark tells us, is they would sometimes try to go and bind Legion up. They would put, they would put these chains around his arms and his feet. But Legion had something else going for him. He was not only abusive to the local population, unlike a normal demon possession, he was also had Samson-like strength. I mean, Legion is like, like the demonic version of Samson. And so when they would, they would shackle him and put these chains around his arms and his legs, he would pull one of these He-Man things and go... And they would break like silly putty. This co-op of demons that Jesus was about to confront, this to me is, you have to think about this, is almost more terrifying than wind and waves. And you know, we haven't even talked about his name yet. We have to talk about his name because Jesus, he goes up to this demoniac, this this demon-possessed guy, and, and for our benefit, he asks the question, he says, what is your name? And the demoniac answers, he says, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now, we should probably say this. In the Scriptures, there are very, very few named spiritual powers. We can think of a few. Gabriel, for one. That's on God's team. Or we could talk about the archangel Michael, for another. And he's on God's team, too. Besides Satan himself, who else is a named spiritual power? Only this guy. And you know what? You have to think about that. You have to ask yourself the question. It makes me wonder, well, how high up in the spiritual hierarchy, the satanic hierarchy of Satan, how high up had had risen legion? It makes me think he must have been like Michael the Satan. The very fact that he has a name, and his name is Legion. You know, I I wonder about other things too. I wonder if when Jesus and this demoniac are having this conversation, if his eyes rolled back in his head because... Clearly, the human personality in this situation was just gone. Like like the demon legion was so in control that that the humanity of the man had been incarcerated, like he had been pushed into this little tiny corner, like he hardly even existed anymore, and I wonder about that. I I wonder wonder how many demons were in the demonic co-op. Do you wonder about that? Was it 2,000? I, I say 2,000 because that's how many pigs died. Was there one demon for every pig that was 
possessing this man who had been pushed into this little tiny portion of his consciousness? Or was there 6,000 demons? Because we know that a Roman legion had 6,000 soldiers of it. Were there 6,000 demons possessing this man? I wonder about these things. But what I don't wonder about is this. Which of these two things is more frightening? The wind and the waves? Or gliding up onto the shore and hearing this panting man running at you and his name is Legion. And yet there Jesus stands. It's it's an amazing moment. Just a few moments before. Just a few moments before, he, he had shouted in the storm, be muzzled, and the storm sat down like an obedient dog. We saw that last week. And now, here is Jesus. And it's amazing what he does to Legion. And, and we just have to see this for our hearts because what he does for Legion is he turns Legion into an absolute beggar. Yeah? He turns him into an absolute beggar in Legion. He, he gets down on his knees and says, you are the Son of God. What do you have to do with me? And then he begins to beg him, don't torture me. And it's ironic if you think about it. It's ironic, isn't it? Because he had been torturing that poor man. He had been cutting him in the middle of the night and giving him no rest for his soul. And it's ironic because there the demon is before Jesus and he says, have mercy on me, just don't torture me like I deserve. Jesus turns Legion into an absolute beggar with his power. And he sends Legion packed. It must have been a surreal scene, if you can imagine it with me for just a second. The legion asks, can I go into the pigs? And Jesus says, okay. And so while the demons are possessing the pigs, Jesus and his disciples are getting busy and they, they wash the wounds of this man who used to cut himself. And, and they give him clothes because he had been naked. And they give him something to eat. But just off in the distance is this horrific scene of slaughter. I mean, this is like the New Testament version of Hiroshima. Mark actually gives us the exact, almost the exact number of pigs that had died. It was 2,000. Now, I was trying to make sense of this. Now, what did this look like as the people viewed the Sea of Galilee, and I thought about this, my grandpa used to have a farm in upstate New York, and he ran a hundred head of cattle, and I thought that was a pretty big farm. 2,000 pigs. I mean, this, this must have been a slaughter of pigs as far as the eye could see. And it's just this amazing juxtaposition of this man who had been healed and then a slaughter of pigs. And so you know what the people did? 
The people, they're looking at this scene and they're thinking, it's too much. You know, it's just too much. You know, the disciples actually felt that well before they saw the slaughter of the pigs and the healed demoniac. They, they did. And, and we saw this last week. Mark helps us become aware of this. Mark doesn't, doesn't actually say ever in the last account that we read last week that the disciples were afraid of the storm. You know when they got really, really afraid? You know when they feared a great fear? It was after the storm had been calmed. They looked at Jesus and they got really, really afraid. Who is this? said it's too much and then and then they they see Jesus send legion packing and turn him in an absolute beggar and they see this amazing New Testament Hiroshima right in front of them 2,000 pigs and the and the local populace they say it's it's too much he's too much Have you ever felt that way before? That, it, that it's just too much? I, too much power? I, I think about what happens like when a hurricane moves through New York. God save us from something like that again. But the power lines come down, you know, those thick power lines, and they're just laying on the ground, and they're, spark, they're sparking, and they're moving up. And you think, I'm not even going to get close to that. It's wild. It's too much. Or, or maybe, maybe you can remember like tiptoeing your way to the edge of one of those really tall buildings or a cliff like the Grand Canyon or something like that. And you look over the edge and then you tiptoe back and you feel like this, this vertigo or something like that. And you think it's too much. I don't want to even get close to that. I mean, that, that's exactly how the people were feeling here. They, they saw the power of Jesus and they thought it's too much. And they tiptoed back to get away from him. You know, so you know what they did? And, and this is the thing that just blows us away as Christians, isn't it? Because we sing hymns like Abide With Me, right? And, and we say, Jesus, never leave me. So it's confounding to us that, that when the local populace comes up and they see the healed demoniac and they see the New Testament Hiroshima and they say, and they actually become beggars to Jesus. They get down on their knees and they say, Jesus, go away. They say, Jesus, it's too much. Jesus, we can't have you around here. And Jesus, you know what he does? Because he's not going to force anyone to believe in him. He's not going to force anyone to come close to him. That's not how he works. Instead, Jesus, he just, he just gets in the boat, and he goes somewhere else and he does something absolutely miraculous. We're going to see that next week, aren't we? He's going to do something next week after he finishes this boat journey because 
This is three weeks of being in the boat with Jesus. And Jesus just sails off. Because they asked him to. So, here's our big question for today. What do we do? What do we do with just Jesus who's too much? Let me tell you something. Jesus is dangerous. Jesus is dangerous. You know, a lot of times I think, I think we, we picture him like those pictures we have in our kids' bedrooms. Like he's, he's this guy and we can just put the little ones in his arms and he'll just, you know, cuddle right up. And we can do that with Jesus. We know we can do that with Jesus. But, but we also need to know this about Jesus. He is dangerous. He's absolutely wild. And you cannot contain him. Do you think, do you think that Jesus came to give Satan a little pat on the head? Is that why he came? Or did he come to crush his head? Did Jesus come to just say, oh, Satan, would you please stop afflicting my people with lies? Would you stop tempting them, please, pretty please? Or did he come to bring an absolute rampart against his kingdom and let himself be nailed by Satan himself to the cross to tear down that kingdom so that Satan could never, ever make another accusation against us? I'm telling you, you need to understand this about Jesus. He is threatening. And He is dangerous. But not for us. He will not let one of His people stay in that prison that Legion had made. He will not let any one of you suffer any attack from Satan himself. He will not. He is dangerous, but not to you. He is dangerous to Satan. So you know what He does for us? He washes us. He gives us new clothes. He leaves us sitting there in our right minds, amazed at His power amazed at the danger he has created for Satan's kingdom. So this is what I want you to do. In Jesus' name, go out there and cause hell for Satan. 